Don't close your eyes and don't try to hide For a silly spook may sit by your side Shrouded in a dark disguise They pretend to terrorize When windows come out to socialize Welcome, foolish mortals. You have stumbled into the graveyard and discovered the Grim Grinning Guys, Walt Disney World Planning Podcast. We are ghost hosts this evening. I'm Matt. I'm Derek. I'm Craig. Please stay calm. The room is not actually stretching. Go ahead and pull down those safety bars because we won't be doing that for you. Guys, we're back with Milestone episode 158. How was your weekend? Uh, probably better than Bill's. <laughs> How could that be? Having to sit on, yeah, oh, yeah, sit on hold. I know. Uh, he, you know, I, I checked in once a while. We, you know, I, 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 he's probably glad he didn't have to stay in the house, though. Yeah. Yeah, that can get pretty bad. Oh, like Clint had to that one yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. He he sounds pleasant enough. Like he it hadn't been too bad on him. <laughs> you know, but he checks yeah. he checks his phone and it says like what seventy two hours or something like that. He's been on the he's been on the phone. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was at the ballpark all day today and uh it's still summer here in Alabama, apparently. I don't think it I don't think it's ever gonna be oh, fall. Man. It was like ninety five degrees. At the ballpark today, and what? watching my son play, and cool man, we're burning up. But Bill, while you've been on hold, um, you haven't missed. Uh, you didn't miss a Bama game this weekend, did you? Oh no, never miss a Bama game. <laughs> That's for sure. Don't miss that for anything. Yeah, I think it, it's still in the nineties up here in in Middle Tennessee. So we, uh, I don't think winter's coming anytime soon. Well, Bill, we last left you. You finished your first day at Universal Studios. You gave us a great detailed rundown of Halloween Horror Nights. And I think your second day, you go back to Halloween Horror Nights. You, uh, you're going to share with us some of the different things you did before we get into the Disney stuff, correct? Thursday. Uh, briefly, I'll talk about uh, what I did that day. Um, we went to... The main thing was I wanted to try and get on Hagrid. And it's... it's uh, Kind of a hassle because it's not running at full blast yet, and a lot of people have uh, yeah. have joked on Universal uh, for that because it's really not running at capacity. So, and that's what I experienced. I, I made it to the to the gate in, in time before it opened, and then we walked back to the Hagrid's area, and they said, "Hey, we're on a delay. It's not quite running yet." And uh, so we waited around a while. It, took, it was about an hour, and then we got on. And I liked it well enough that I went back in and and. Uh, Got back in line and waited probably another hour and rode it again. I thought it was a it was a fantastic ride. Wow! Um, so I thought it was really good, and that, and that's pretty amazing because you've got Forbidden Journey, which is probably one of the one of the best. Like it's kind of a, a dark ride, but a little more it's got a little more action to it than a normal dark ride. But it, it's an awesome ride riding that same area. Hagrid's was just it had it had a bunch of uh, animatronics in it. And including one of Hagrid that is is pretty impressive. Now they're outdoors. I don't know how they'll ever keep those functioning in Orlando when they're kind of out in outdoor areas. But but they're pretty cool. So I was I was happy to get, to get on get on that ride, and uh, and did it twice. And, and then I kind of roamed around and did a few things. And then I went back and uh, went back to the hotel and, and took a mandatory midday uh, midday nap. Right. And then uh, I went over a little probably about four o'clock. To the beach club, I hadn't. We had never stayed at beach club or boardwalk or yacht club or any of those things. But, have, but being a Disney parks fan for a long time, you know, for a decade now, obviously I've known about those. And a lot of people always talk about how great that area is. So I, I finally wanted to see it for myself. 
uh, and see what the the, the Epcot uh, International Gateway looked like and uh-huh. maybe ride the Friendship boat over there and, do, and kind of do all that. It's just from a fan standpoint, just something I've heard people talk so much about but had never done. Um, so I parked at the, the beach club and walked around and w- walked over. Oh, I was going to tell you guys, the Skyliner was running because it was in cast member previews. But I had kind of forgotten about that in my in my Hagrid Universal walking around haze. I think the, the day before, like that Wednesday, just the Wednesday, I think I had walked like 13,000 steps, something like that. Let me, let me check. Let me let me check that. No, Wednesday was 20,000 steps, and that was like a half day uh, because I was out for like one in the morning. Uh, you know that night before. But anyway, so Thursday uh, was headed towards. Went parked the beach club, was headed towards the Hollywood Studios, and so uh, I, in my haze, I had forgotten about the Skyliner being a thing at all, really. And so I, I was, I drove over from Cabana Bay over to Beach Club, and I, I started getting near the Epcot area. Here come the Skyliner gondolas coming over the trees, and I was just looking out my car window like, look at that, <laughs> look at that. I mean, it, it just, it blew my mind. It was looked so totally different to see that coming down over the over the roadway. And across and heading off towards Epcot, man, that is that is really cool looking um, to see that to see those running and it just made the whole area look look different. And I think it like it just, it ties all these different pieces together. And I think it almost kind of it to me looking at the footprint of it like it expands the area that as a as a uh, Disney Parks fan that you you will get to see some of like the backstage areas. You'll get to see that, and you'll get to go across some areas when you cross over to go to Hollywood Studios through like a big, it's just swamp. It's just Florida swamp, right? But you're still getting to see other parts of, quote-unquote, Disney property that you wouldn't get to see. That's so a great point. To me, point. that's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to get back down there and, yeah. and ride that at some point. I but just about seeing like it that. operating was cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I went over to South Park, walked through Beach Club, and uh, walked around to the International Gateway just to see it coming at, see the Skyliner running. It was running out of the building. And I was like, hey, the Skyliner's running, talking to a security guard. And he was like, yeah, it is, but you can't get on it. And I was like, okay. And I turned, yeah, I was going to try to sweet talk him a little bit, but uh, my charm, my southern charm wasn't coming across like I hoped it would. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not get on the Skyliner. I did not find a cast member to grab and drag me on or anything. So that didn't work out. But I went back to the friendship boat and headed over to Hollywood Studios. So my main objective, of course, was to go to Galaxy's Edge and see that. Um, now, one of the reasons that I didn't get the, uh, I didn't stick with my early, the extra, extra magic hour plan and do that and get up at five in the morning and run in with a huge mass the crowd, the running of the bulls that you, you know, if you've looked at it, you've seen the mass of people at, at rope drop. Right. And, uh, the, you know, one of the reasons I, I didn't do that was because the, the ride times from Millennium Falcon just haven't been that high. Right. And so I had been kind of watching that. So I was thinking, why not just walk in at five o'clock? when everybody else has already rode it and tired of it for the day. And, uh, you know, see how that works out. And it, ha- it worked out uh, pretty fantastic. I walked through the land and got in there and was just amazed by the size of the land. And so I saw it in the daytime when I walked in. It was about five or so. Got to see everything kind of in the daytime. And I was just impressed by, like, the depth of it. Like, you have, you walk in and then there's a section of buildings if you're coming from the Grand Avenue side, you walk in on the left side, uh, you know, there's the, the forested tree area where Rise of Resistance is going to be, and you kind of walk through that and yeah. see a few little things to look at there. And then there's, on the left side, uh, I walked up into the row of shops, the market area, 
just kind of look through all the the gifts and things. Uh, I'm a I would say I'm a Star Wars fan, but I I'm not uh, an extreme like Star Wars fan that would like go to um, Star Wars conventions or anything like that. Right. Um, but I just grew up loving the films and enjoying that. So it was, it was just it was neat to see all of this and the way they did it. I really like the antiquities building. Uh, the Doc Ondor's antiquity yeah. and I spent a lot of time in there looking up at the ceiling and taking pictures of things and all the different masks and, and uh, creatures and stuff in there there's a lot to look at besides just the merchandise the merchandise was cool too looked at all that and looked at the uh, animatronic in there and uh, but there's like a row of buildings and you can walk walk in the alleyways around that area and then there's another row of buildings I think back where the cantina is and then there's the area with the uh, the Millennium Falcon that you can walk around, and and then there's the the other side that's that's more like the Empire side, the First Order side that you can kind of walk around opposite of the Market side, and then you walk back out in the Toy Story. So you can you really can't spend a lot of time exploring. And I got out my uh, quote unquote data pad and played around with some of the games and did that a little bit, not a lot. I didn't have a lot of time to, to do that. It was kind of neat. I don't know if I'd spend a whole day doing that, and I don't really think it compares not to pit harry potter versus star wars but i i think the one doing the ones in harry potter is a little neater you get a little more satisfaction out of doing the one tricks and especially with with your kids and yeah. I, I don't know that the kids would, would like the data doing the data pad thing as much so i think disney could probably work on that a little bit because the one thing is inter, you're interacting with the land whereas the data pad is more like you're interacting with your iphone or your or your you know, your, right. your phone and I, I i do a lot of that enough as it is I'm not sure I would go to a theme park to do that. I could see yeah. it'd be cool for somebody who goes to the parks on a regular basis, though. Were, were you a big uh, Star Wars fan growing up? Yeah, like I talked about in the previous episode about being a Ghostbusters fan, I was I was a big uh, a big Star Wars fan too. Sure, growing as being a kid in the '80s, that was just huge. That's probably some of my earliest memories is like playing with my Star Wars Darth Vader and. Luke Skywalker action figures and stuff like that. Right. So, so uh, how much was uh, it? I mean, it was just like kind of in awe once you saw the Millennium Falcon and and things like that. I mean, how how surreal yeah, was that? It was it was my it was mind blowing. It was it was for sure mind blowing. Just standing there looking at the Millennium Falcon, which was you know bigger than a house. The, the, the real like Millennium Falcon just sitting there, and it, it was it was really hard for me to, to wrap my mind around what I was seeing. You know, I, I'd seen lots of pictures of it. And yeah, so in a way, I was spoiled a little bit. Um, if I could rewind, it would and not see, not had been on the internet as much and seen all that stuff. It, I probably would have had an even better experience. Right. But uh, it it was still unbelievable to actually be there physically with the Falcon, and then had this whole like Star Wars ish area to explore. Now, if if Disney could like have a few aliens walking around, I think that would have really really like made it for me but like i said there was lots of aliens in the antiquities building and lots of creatures and stuff around if, if you go peek around in the different areas to look that, that you still get those kind of star wars alien creature uh feelings when the, and that's what and uh, when josh was on the show a few weeks ago we we alluded that how um there was supposed to be more of that and they kind of scaled that back and and kind of i guess went cheap on you and just had the people or the characters kind of thing and they're right, guys, what we yep. talked about. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. If they had more of the characters from the movies, that would that would really add to it as well. So I got on the Falcon uh, ride, Smuggers Run. It was, I think it was like a 30-minute wait at that point at like 6 o'clock at night. And, not bad uh, at all. So it's not, it isn't, yeah, 
it's not drawing like a huge crowd at that point. Of course, it is middle of September, and that's one of the reasons I, I went during that time was for, yeah. for the lower weights. But uh, so, so I think we made it. We might have waited 20 minutes out of the 30 minute posted and walked through the normal queue and 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 got on the Falcon and sat at the chess table and got to look around a little bit and it was just uh, an awesome experience as a, as a Star Wars fan to do that and to feel like you're kind of you're there you're living it and then and then got on the ride and I got to be a pilot the first nice. time I went so, so I got I got that out of my system and and I thought the ride was was fun and just just the experience of the way the screens are it's you know a lot of people have compared it to some of the diff- different rides like Star Tours and things but the, the way the cockpit is built and you're looking through the glass of the cockpit is is a pretty remarkable experience so really enjoyed that and i like even though i was by myself you know that was fun to get in there and interact with the other people um that that you're you sort of became like uh you know a little team while you're in there trying to do as best as you could and we did pretty good while when i was a pilot now i went back on single rider a couple times went to single rider and basically single rider was it was i I got right back on it there was no way yeah Um, there was like two people ahead of me one time, and the next time I walked straight up into the into the uh, the chess room. I was standing at the door there where they merge people in, in with the regular groups going through wow. the regular queue. Yeah, um, sounds like so the, the second time I think good. I did. Yeah, what's that? No, I was just saying it sounds like the single rider is consistently a pretty good option if you're looking to cut down on weights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I did the uh, engineer once. Yeah, it, no, I did engineer twice, which is fitting because I'm an engineer. I got stuck in engineer like several times, but uh, pushing buttons back there in the back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was trying, yeah. But I still got in there and tried to give guidance to the the, the different folks that had written it before, and you know, it, it was fun with the kids and stuff that were in there, and uh, and they were really enjoying it. Now, one of the times there was like an older couple that ended up as the pilot, and we just bounced off of everything, <laughs> and we just laughed. Uh, I just laughed the whole time. <laughs> And uh, because Hondo is giving you directions and uh, he's telling you to do this, he'll say, do, you need to do this. No, you need to, you need to do this. <laughs> and he just would keep repeating it. And it would, he would try to make it simpler each time. Yeah. It, uh, he, he'd like, you need, you need to get behind this. Uh, you didn't get behind it, so try again behind it. And, there was like, <laughs> and then there was like, he's like, follow the white, there's white boxes. Follow the white boxes. And he was just trying to make it as simple as possible. And we were just still banging off the wall. <laughs> But uh, and I, th- I think we ended up with rank of like scoundrel or something on that one, and, uh, uh-huh. and as we came out, everything was blinking in the hallways that we torn the ship up. But it, <laughs> it was funny; it was really funny. Uh, so even even though even if you get stuck with some some people there that have never played somehow never played a video game before in their lives, <laughs> then uh, it's it's still a pretty funny experience. Now that was like my third time to go. You know, if if it was like my one and only time, but I don't think people are going to have. Maybe the crowds will pick up with Rise of Resistance. Maybe, but. Or you go at a really busy time and you just can't get back on. But I think for most folks, you're going even if you have like a, a goofball experience, you can get you can get back. You'll be able to get back on it and, yeah. and hopefully pilot it yourself or and maybe change the change the. And you may do as bad as the as the 250 something folks that were on there banging around off the walls. But you know you might be able to change the experience a little bit. I was just looking at some more of the the, the uh, things you said here. Uh, the, now you went to. Ogas as well, or was it later on? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a little later on. So what I, I had, um, I had a, a Slinky Dog Fast Pass for uh, on the way over. Uh, I think I had had gotten in on one of the times on one of the Fast Pass drops, maybe, and gotten that. And then, but uh, I went and did Star Tours, 
and just because I love Star Tours. And then for some reason, I was just tired, and I went and I was like, where can I go sit down? Oh, I can go sit down in Muppet before yeah. I go to <laughs> before I go to Oga. So, so I took like the half like Muppet Joe slumber in there, watched the Muppet <laughs> show, and yucked up at some of the jokes, you know. And, That's about all and, that's uh, good for. Enjoy, enjoyed that. <laughs> and went back to Oga's. And had a reservation that I had gotten. Went and had uh, a Dagobah Slug Slinger drink, and that was that was plenty of drink for me. I just needed one of those. I was I was good with one of those. And what and, exactly uh, is that? It was um, it, everything on that menu is is like citrus. Like the alcoholic drinks are just like it's citrus something, something citrusy and and alcohol. And uh, I, I, I forget if that one was like tequila or rum, but it was it was a mixed drink. And it was it was very green. I think it had like a, a like a little stick of parsley or something stuck down in it, some little garnish in it. And uh, I missed out on some of the cooler drinks. I think the non-alcoholic drinks are way cooler, and they're a lot less expensive. They're about half the price of the alcoholic hmm. drinks. That was another reason I was I was good with one drink because I think that drink alone was probably like sixteen or eighteen bucks. Wow. And I, I, as a fan, I really wanted to get the poured uh, mug that they have. There's a mug that's like looks like it's wooden. And carved like a pour, like yeah. some of the statues you see out in the market. But that that Joker was thirty five, and I was like, "Hey, can I get that without a drink? And does it would it cost less?" And he was like, "No, it's going to be the same price." And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm not coming away with the pour." <laughs> <bucks today." laughs> maybe maybe another time. But uh, but then I uh, you got the chart. Kind of wanted, to, yeah, kind of wanted something to eat, and they had the. I was going to get what I think what they called the uh, Oga's bits <laughs> or something like that. I wasn't really excited about that, and uh, the guy mentioned, and I forgot about it, but I had seen it uh, somewhere that they had a charcuterie board, uh-huh. uh, and so I ordered that, and it's it's pretty crazy looking, but I was but everything on it was really good. I think it had like, I, I didn't get over to get a Ronto wrap, but I'm pretty sure it had the Ronto wrap meat on it in some form, and also like the jerky on it. And it had uh, one thing that I'm was sorry. really awesome on it that I really, I really like was um, you guys might think this is weird. It probably won't sound good at all, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, like pickled cauliflower. I don't know I'd ever had pickled cauliflower before, but whatever they pickled it in, it was it was really good. You know, I like pickles and stuff in general, so I, I thought that was that was good. Um, and then it had kind of uh, one of the dorkier things on it. I thought it just, had, it just had some pork rind. I was like, well, that didn't do a lot for me, but it had pork rind. <laughs> and it, and I, I like I was like Disney, you're kind of reaching on this, but then they just to make it kind of look kind of different, and then they had uh, some kind of like non type of bread, but it was a little sweeter. But everything on that was really good. It could be the Dagobah Slug Slinger that made it taste really good, uh, <laughs> but I thought it was really good, and it uh, occupied a little more time. I stayed in a little in there a little longer, and you can't walk around. You go in there and you sit. They stood me at the bar, and of course, being by myself, that's what I figured would happen. And I saw some other people that, that went and sat down at booths and stuff. So here I am. I've walked all this time. And, I, you know, I did get the rest of Muppets, but here I'm standing at the bar, standing up to, to eat and drink. But, um, some, you know, they, they squeeze you in, which is cool because I got to talk to some other people. And they were like, oh, what you drinking? And what are you drinking? And they had one thing called the, uh, I think it was like the Best in Fizz. And um, they put these those little boba balls in it. But then I have dry ice or something in the bottom, which has a really cool effect of making that thing just bubble like crazy. Yeah. And when they serve it to you, and uh, people didn't know what they were ordering, but they got that. And when it came out, it was just like bubbling everywhere. And it got a, it got a, you watch people's reaction. That was pretty cool. I walked around and after I ate, and the bar is pretty much what I didn't, I guess what I didn't realize from pictures and stuff was that 
the bar is basically the same on either side. Sorry, that's a spoiler for Ogus Cantina. But it, I was thinking I'd walk up to the other side and there'd be some other cool stuff to look at. But it was pretty much the same thing. And then there's uh, DJ Rex. You can go and uh, check him out. He's over, over there doing his DJ thing. And so I went over there and looked at that for a little bit, looked around. And that was that was pretty much my Ogus experience. And then I had the Slinky Dog Fast Pass. I went and got on that, which I think having a uh, drink at Ogus made that even better. So I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed, enjoyed Slinky Dog. And then uh, I got the blue milk, and I went over and talked to the Star Troopers and, uh, and got uh, harassed by them the, uh, a little bit and took, took a selfie with those guys. And then I went and watched the Star Wars uh, fireworks, and that pretty much ended out, out, the, out the night there at Hollywood Studios. Since I, I didn't really buy any merchandise. Derek, what did you think about the merchandise when you were there? Because I looked, I looked at some of it, but nothing just really jumped out of me like, like I've got, Bill, you've got to have this. Yeah. I'm kind of like you. Nothing stuck out to me. I, I wanted some magnets just because we're magnet. We're a magnet family for the refrigerator, yep. and I didn't really see anything. I think I found one on the on the dark side over there, but I wound up not getting it. But I really, I'm like you. I really like Doc Ondar's. Um, you could stay in there for twenty or thirty minutes just looking at everything in there, and and I like that you yeah. could get the lightsabers in there. If you didn't want, oh, yeah. if you didn't want to build your own, you could get the legacy lightsabers in there. So that was neat. Yeah, those are really cool. Yeah, those were really neat to look at. Um, they had like one thing that I, I almost I I, I I didn't look at the price tag because I didn't want to disappoint myself. It's something I want to look at for later, but it was like a model of Darth Vader's castle with the lava flowing through it and stuff. That I thought would look really cool, but I didn't even look at the price tag. Oh, I was like that's probably yeah, I didn't see that. So based on the other price tags I had looked at, it's probably like that's that's not something I'm going to buy today. So. <laughs> and you probably got lucky with your with Ogas because the prices went up on that late last week. Yeah, so. here, yeah. yeah, I don't know how the prices could go any higher for one drink <laughs> there, but uh, they apparently are going higher at Disneyland, I guess. Yeah. So that, that means that, that means Walt Disney World will probably follow. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the blue milk? I liked it, despite uh, you know everybody on Twitter and different places saying that it was no good. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Now, one thing I didn't like about it was how how small the cup was for eight dollars, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good enough portion. I don't know if I'd had more if it would been something I want to sip on for like the rest of the night or something, but it was it was enough. And, yeah, um, I wouldn't want it in I, like I a could, in like a big slushy cup or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's kind of it's kind of thick, but yeah, I thought it was good. And then the the uh, I guess the lady there at the stand like noticed I didn't have anybody with me, and so she sort of like was talking to me for a little bit, asking me if I had pledged my allegiance to the First Order yet, and some things like that. So there were some different kind of fun interactions you had with people, and the troopers kind of got on to me about the same thing. Uh, I think I told her when I, when she asked that, I said, not yet, but I'm thinking about it. She said, you look like the kind of person that would, or something like that. Hmm. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was some fun interactions in, in the Star Wars area, more so than you would get at, at, in, the, in the rest of the park. Yeah, I, re- I really think the cast members, if if they keep kind of building on that story, that it could be really neat interactions for for guests. I, d- I didn't see Chewie. I didn't see Ray or or anybody really walking around. I did see the uh, the the lady that's in the red jacket with like her hair is kind of dyed on the the tips a little bit. I don't know what her character's name is. I didn't, but I recognize her from from like some other uh, from some like YouTubers having seen some film of that but i did see her walking around at one point and a, a couple of different little things going on but 
but there was a, lo- a whole lot of action when I was there. Yeah, I think it's all about just being lucky, I think, with those. And I saw the other day on Twitter that they had drawn like hopscotch on the ground in the Star Wars area. And <laughs> I saw like, that. Like hopscotch or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> They're trying to come up with some other, other things to occupy, I guess, I guess until Rise of the Resistance. Uh, comes in December. Uh, I did go in docking, the Docking Bay 7 restaurant and they have these containers in there that are like these giant, like, it looks like space cargo containers flipped over with the lids, like, kind of like sticking up in the air as like booths for you to sit in. And I, that's something that stuck out to me that I hadn't seen in any of the pictures. I thought the theming in that restaurant was really neat. And that, I think that's not a table service, it's just counter service. You can just walk in there and yeah. order something. Of course, while I was there, there was like no line. Of course, the food's kind of weird looking on the menu. Some of it sounded pretty good, but uh, there was there was not a huge crowd in there uh, when I was there. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even make it inside. I just looked from the outside and and I looked at the menu and I wasn't blown blown over by it. So I didn't even really try to get in in there at all. But I I, I do want to get in there and at least try something. So I just had a wait uh, a pretty good wait, but it was mostly people showing up with reservations and. I didn't. Well, I showed up on time and I waited maybe five minutes. But I was just by myself and they squeezed me at the bar. How? And, uh, but I, even if you don't drink alcohol, um, even if you're not a big drinker, I think there's there's a lot on the on the non-alcoholic drinks and all those little drinks are kind of like experiences kind of to themselves. And of course, there's the like the different mugs and things you could you could get if you were interested in that. So mm-hmm. I think it still would still be worth going to. I'm debating if we go back next year whether I'm taking my kids in there or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know; it's super kid friendly, but I think it's I think it's if, you, if they said you had a table in there and you got some of the fun little non-alcoholic drinks, I think it could be could be uh, uh, an experience you could do with your family. I've heard other people say don't do it. Yeah, I've heard I, not I don't to really nothing. to go in for the for the drinks, even like you're saying for the non-alcoholic drinks, but but not really to expect much from the food. So yeah, yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't. That, how, my kids would definitely have turned their nose up at what I ate, but uh, I enjoyed it. How hard was it getting your reservation for that? Because I haven't even well, looked I on think, that. I think there, it's it's gone the way of of, uh, of the Beauty and the Beast restaurant. It's it's pretty. I think it's pretty hard to get because I, I was trying to change some stuff around for next year, and I was I was having not having much luck, but. Um, I think if you're, it's something you're going to have to book it uh, at about 180 days out. Of course, I've heard uh, several people talk about they got reservations at like nine o'clock in the morning or something, and that's not really a great time to go to a bar type atmosphere. Right. So I can see why people, you know, when all there is is drinks, and I think they have some kind of oatmeal or something in the morning you could get, but um, it's not really you're not you're not going to get your table service experience out of out of Ogas. It's something more to like to to tack on as an extra thing to do besides a meal. That sounds pretty cool. Sounds like you got to see quite a bit there in to Galaxy. Yeah, so I, I went that I went that night on Thursday because the next night was a Friday with the Mickey's Halloween party, and I figured there'd be because it's the, the park was staying open until ten. Hollywood Studios was staying up until ten every night. I figured it would be a big draw on that Friday night, so I, I chose to go on Thursday. Was kind mm-hmm. of my planning thoughts. Uh, I think it worked out good. I mean, I got all the rides I wanted on Millennium Falcon um, and, and got in Slinky Dog. Uh, I got messed up by the Fast Pass system because I had I, I, did, I had like a Star Tours and a, and a uh, Slinky Dog, but then I hadn't, hadn't gotten a third. So there was a uh, Tower of Terror Fast Pass sitting out there that I could have gotten, but I could not get it because I hadn't used my third. And because Tower uh-huh. of Terror is in the same category as like Slinky Dog and all those other headliners now, mm-hmm. 
you know, I couldn't choose another headliner. I had to choose a secondary, but there was no secondaries left at this time of night, like seven or eight. Right. And so I, I just couldn't get it. And huh. I just, you know, I could have I could have walked over and checked it out, but I, I decided to go mill around uh, Batu a little more and and, uh, and do that rather than uh, and and then wait on the fireworks a little bit. So I went and watched the ten o'clock fireworks, the Star Wars fireworks, and kind of ended it with a bang. And then you headed back to Cabana Bay and did a few more scare yep. houses. Yep. I had to, I uh, went over there. I got, I got back about 1130 to Cabana Bay, took the bus. So I got into Universal Studios about midnight and that was closing it. So the event was closing at one. And like I said, on the last time we talked, I had gotten the Russia Fear Pass, which I, I could not, you know, I could go any night in September with that. So for the three nights I was there, I could go. And so between one, between midnight and, and one, I got in the Killer Clown's house, which I hadn't done the night before, and the Yeti house, which was probably my favorite uh, house, uh, except for Ghostbusters, of course. But and then I got got another walkthrough on Ghostbusters. The Killer Clowns, it was it was I'd say faithful to the movie. Um, if if you really wanted to experience that, <laughs> I don't know that many people would, but <laughs> it was. Uh, it, I thought it was it was pretty cute. And there was buttons inside that you could push, and they were like uh, like spray out a, a bad smell or spray water on you or stuff like that is like real clown gags and stuff so that house was kind of it was it was odd and cute and and kind of scary and weird all, all at the same time so this is kind of a different experience the yeti house was like i said probably one of my favorites if not for ghostbusters and stranger things it it was uh you were in the yukon and you go through this mining camp and they're like I was I was kind of thinking like oh you're gonna see a yeti every once in a while well the, the yetis are just like in this huge pack and they're tearing up the whole place and so there's yetis like everywhere these, these big they're they're big too and they're like uh, I think I talked about like there's some kind of art form that these scare actors have where they can get super close to you well they really but without touching you somehow and I don't know how they do it but there was just like yeti arms coming out of everywhere trying to grab you. And like them jumping in front of you, and like some of the worst times is when there was like this area where it looked like you were in a tent, and you could see the kind of like the backlit shadow of a yeti on the outside of the tent walking around, and you knew that you were going to eventually get to him. And then you had to walk down this area, this hallway area, and then at the end of that was like this cutout that was empty. And and yeah, sure enough, there he is. He dropped down and like tries to get you. And you got to walk past him, but uh. So, and then there was a part at the end where there's just like three or four of them in this room and you're trying to get through there and they're all like reaching out for you and stuff, making loud noises. And I, I thought that was really cool. I'm a big fan of, of, of Everest and the Yeti in there. And so mm-hmm. it, it, that, that kind of uh, reminded me of that big fan of like the creatures and stuff. So I thought that house was, was really cool. I got, went back to Ghostbusters again. And every time you go through the houses, you get a different experience. They're, they're, cha- they're constantly changing out the the scare actor crews, right. and sometimes you may go, you, there, you may have walked past an effect that, that wasn't working the first time you went through, and then the second time through, it's working, and it, it scares the daylights out of you, because, you know, it, it just wasn't there the first time, mm-hmm. or sometimes you go through, and it's not working the second time, and then something else gets you, because you're looking over here for that effect, because you know what's coming now, but then it, it, it doesn't happen, but then something happens, you know, different, uh, you know, a couple steps down the way, so... It's kind of, you're a bit of a different experience every time you go through. The next day, again, I didn't set the alarm, but because I have, I was just, you know, excited. Somehow, I I got to bed probably about two, and then I got up again at like eight, and got back over to the, got my, drug myself on the bus, got back over and rode Hagrid's again, 
Uh, it had a longer delay, which is which is even more annoying <laughs> the next day, but eventually we got on it. I did a couple things in Universal. I regrettably ate at the Marvel Cafe, and that was that was just terrible. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I wanted the reason I wanted to do that is because I'm a Marvel fan. I just want something Marvel. I just wanted to. I wanted to. I was like, I'm I'm gonna eat here, and and it was just that was just a terrible decision. <laughs> uh, I had a burger, and it was just it was the worst theme park. It was like one of those burgers where you open it up, and the cheese isn't like melted all the way. It's like that's quite. It it wasn't cold. But it was just like kind of laying over there, like it, want, it was almost ready to melt. But then they just didn't take the time to melt it. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was just it was just sta- very standard, like I would hate to say Six Flags, you know, type of food. But it was it was getting there, so I wasn't real pleased with my choice there. But I, I choked it down what I could, and then uh, went on and I went I checked out the pool at Cabana Bay, and they have a Lazy River, and I thought the theme thing at Cabana Bay, if you've never seen it, is is I guess you'd say like a '50s kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind and, of a uh, retro. Yeah, it's very, very, very retro, and uh, the lobbies especially. And they have like they do, they play on a, the the music loop in there is is uh, is very fifties uh, doo wop type of songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I checked out the pool and mostly enjoyed uh, taking a nap in the in the lounger. But I did get in the laser uh, river. They, they do something weird there where you have to pay like seven bucks if you want to rent a float. They have floats for the lazy river, and you can rent one. Or it's like it's like seven bucks. I thought that was like a bit of a price gouge. Yeah, I've seen people talk about that before. Yeah, that's that doesn't seem quite right if you're going to have a lazy room. Yeah. And they don't. I don't know if they ban you from bringing your own or whatever, but they do have a little shack there that's just like making money hand over fist because all these kids are going to get in the lazy river and they're getting in a float. I I did not. I refused to pay, and I just I did. I had some natural buoyancy, so I just floated myself <laughs> down the river. And uh, enjoyed that a little bit, and it was relaxing, and it was nice to get in the pool. It was nice and hot that day, but um, enjoyed lounging for a bit. And then I went over to Animal Kingdom, to the Mara, and I got—I had never had zebra domes. Even though before I cruised a couple of years ago, we stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge for a night and had a fabulous experience, but somehow I forgot to get the zebra domes. Oh. And uh, so I, I had to make that right. I don't know if you guys uh, like those or not. They're pretty good. It's been a few years. Yeah, so like it's, like, it's like a little— a little bit of a cupcake with some kind of, I would almost say it's like the gray stuff, cream in there. And then it's, and then it's got, it's, it's covered over almost like, like a chocolate candy, but it's like white chocolate kind of, but it may be, it may be more of like some kind of, more like cake frosting anyway, but they're pretty delicious. I got that and took those over to the Animal Kingdom and walked around and ate those. And I had, I had scored a uh, flight of passage, fast pass. And I had booked my, tr- this trip was kind of what, last minute for me it was just within 30 days of kind of getting all my arrangements straightened out mm-hmm. so normally i i book things like way out in advance and i i use certain techniques to make sure that i get into the into the fast pass system as early as possible and get those fast passes at 60 days plus out from you know from the days and everything so this trip was more like obviously i'll do what i can do and i wasn't i was more about especially with star wars galaxy's edge just walking around and experiencing everything and of course, I would have been upset if I couldn't get on the Millennium Falcon. There, and there's no fast pass for that anyway. But I was more like just wanted to walk around and experience Animal Kingdom too. So I, I got there and ended up having I got a fast pass for Safari and Everest, and, and then flight of passage I had to get that day. I was checking during when the the drops were coming out mm-hmm. um, at like 11, 1, and three or whatever. And I ended, I ended up getting one for about seven o'clock, which fit just fit perfect into the time I had. And like I said, I had these uh, after 5 p.m. convention tickets that I need. Uh, I had from a previous trip that I didn't use. And so I got there at five. The park was going to shut down at, at about, I guess it closed about nine. 
I had never seen Rivers of Light, and as much as everybody has bemoaned that show, I still wanted to see it. Being just because Animal Kingdom is probably my favorite park, mm-hmm. so I went and had those rode the safari and and walked around the the animal trails, and I went through the like the, the aviary section, and the guy was doing some bird training. And uh, that was really cool. I hadn't seen that before, but he had uh, some uh, different like grubs and things he was feeding to the birds. He he could like give them a signal, throw up the the grub, and then they would fly and catch it in midair. And he could get them to land and go jump to different posts on the little bridge area. And uh, at that point, I kind of wish my one of my daughters had been there with me because she's really like she's really uh, into birds. Sounds like they're training uh, for up birds of prey. Oh, they need not. to be. Yeah, they, they need to be try, doing something <laughs> like that. Mm. Closing it. Uh, anyway, I went on and uh, enjoyed Everest and ended up going on Fly Pass. I, I didn't get on the Navi River Journey because the wait was probably like, I think it said 50-minute wait, and uh, Fly Passage was about 100-and-something-minute wait, 110-minute wait maybe when I got on it. And again, the like the being the, the single rider paid off. There wasn't a single rider line, but I had Express Pass, and... There was probably like 50 people ahead of me, and they they couldn't fill up one of the boarding groups, mm-hmm. so they just called out for one, one. And so I basically walked up to that up to that area where they're starting to, to <clears throat> mix you into the different rooms before you go in, and they called out for one person, and uh, I skipped like all these people in front of me. But um, it would have been that big of a wait anyway. But uh, there's no time where that paid off. Right. So part of passage is. It's, besides Haunted Mansion, I'd say it's, one, it's definitely one of my favorite rides. It's, to me, it's like one of the best escape experiences. Like it, if you can just focus in on the ride, it's cool to look around and see the other people on the ride and what and other people's reactions and stuff. But you just focus in on that movie and the smells. And I think I, there's something about smells and nostalgia that really gets me, and that's probably something about why I am a, fa- a fan of the theme parks to some degree is the smells. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing to say, but it, it, it's just something that brings you brings you back in your in your mind to. To being there at the parks, but the uh, the smells on that ride are pretty awesome. Combined with the movie and the motion and everything, and so that's, to me, Flight of Passage is is cool. We got to do it a bunch of times on a previous trip as we did the Animal Kingdom after hours, and we rode it over and over again on that. But mm-hmm. uh, it was I still I was still glad I got to get on it and and, and do that. Uh, I would try to do that every time I go for sure. It is one of our top rides, indeed. So, what did you think of Rivers uh, of Light? Well, before that, I grabbed the uh, Lumpia and the Night Blossom, and I hadn't had those, and so I thought both of them were, were awesome, and I was sad that I had missed out on those on previous trips. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I took I took those over and sat in Rivers of Light, and it was a good show. At the end of the day, you know, if you've been in the theme parks a good bit and you're tired, it's it's, it's kind of it's it's a, it'd be a good wind down, but it's not to me it's not really impressive. It's not doing a lot of things. To, try and keep you awake or excite you right um it's it's pretty you know it has some impressive moments for me like i, I enjoy the uh, technical side of everything that's going on and just w- and watching all the floats move around but the, unfortunately the water screens they have just not got that down right and they they actually play the same clip on a on a on one of the boats on a sail they're projecting the same thing that's on the big giant water screen Except you can see it clear on the little sail that as the boat floats by, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if I have to look at a tiny little boat out there to tell what's on the big screen, <laughs> something is yeah. something is wrong and like needs to be fixed on this. Um, because I think some of the clips they had on there was pretty neat because they were showing a lot of Disney nature clips. Now, it is, I think they call the show "We Are One" now, and yeah. they've got. I never saw a previous version, so it's hard for me to compare. But 
they were trying to get you with the Lion King feel and some of those from some of those songs and and uh, some some things from the uh, Jungle Book and had a lot of that incorporated into it and uh, and and they had some things they projected back towards the tree but it wasn't any it was just like more like starlight or uh, lightning bugs or uh, rain and lightning and things like that to complement the show. And it was cool, the moments where all the floats lit up together and were and synchronized together, those moments, it had its moments, but overall, I think it's, it's definitely the lowest on the totem pole of the shows, unfortunately, as much as I hate to say that, because Animal Kingdom is, is uh, one of my favorites, one of my favorite parks, for sure. So I ended up, uh, finished up that show, and then kind of had to walk back out with everybody in the, in the mass of people, and everybody was talking about trying to get over to Flight of Passage to get on the last ride, and... Uh, I was tempted by that, but I didn't. I didn't bite on that. So I ended up. I got back to Animal Kingdom pretty quick, and I got back over to finish up at Universal Studios. I wanted to hit that and get my try to get my money's worth out of that Russia Fear Pass I bought. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I doubled down. I got back to the studios about 10:30 that night, and it was going to be Universal Studios. And I got it, the event was again going to close at, at uh, 1 a.m. And I bought the uh, Express Pass. You can get one that's half price, starting at 10 o'clock. So. I really should have got there a little earlier, but uh, you know, I, I lost about 30 minutes off of that. But the express pass takes you to nearly the front of the line, and then they mix you in with the with the regular queue coming in. And it's kind of at the at the cast members' discretion as to when they're going to mix mix your group, your express the express pass people in with the regular queue. Now, sadly, I went over to the Classic Monsters house, and it like something broke inside there. I don't know if like the Wolfman attacked Frankenstein or what happened in there, but <laughs> something went wrong. And it all shut down, and I kind of wasted some time there. So I was not real happy about buying that Express Pass, and then, then just was like standing in line. So I bailed on that one. But then I went and hit a whole bunch of, almost every, I hit just about everything else. Um, I went and did the Graveyard Games again, then I went and did House of a Thousand Corpses. I skipped the um, Nightingale Blood Pit and the Depths of Fear. Those were cool, but I just, I wanted to get on, back to Ghostbusters and Strangers. Skip the Blood sure. Pit. Yeah, yeah. The, I, the Blood Pit, the one time through it was enough for me, so... I was good on get on the blood pit, but um, I went back and did uh, us and Yeti and Stranger Things, Killer Clowns, and got Ghostbusters again. Then I got you, you can use that Express Pass on the rides too, but just once, and the house is just once. So uh, I did Rip Ride Rocket at the end of the night, and then that pretty much that finished out that day. Uh, the Cabana Bay they had their cafeteria, the Bayliner Diner area that stayed open late. And so I went back and grabbed a snack there. They also had like uh, something cool they did with like a photo op for Stranger Things, where you went into like the uh, the room from the first season, and they would take your picture sitting on the couch with the Christmas lights behind you, and then they would push a they had you push a button, and it set off this chain reaction of different effects and stuff. And there was like a monster behind the behind the lights coming out of the wall and stuff. So that was neat. But that, I did I had done that earlier in the day before one of Animal Kingdom. So I saw throw that in. So there was some neat stuff going on at the uh, at the at uh, Cabana Bay too that kind of complemented Halloween Horror Nights. But that pretty much ended up my trip. I got up the next morning and I went back over and rode Spider Man. And I tried to write. I tried to get in single rider for line for Hagrid. And uh, they said it's weird because you have to walk up in there and wait it wait through part of the normal queue. Then you get to the single rider line. And you ask them, are you open, or they're or they're saying it's open. You get in, get in it or not. Well, I got up there and they said it's closed. And I start, so, but I said, let me go out through the exit way because this is just down the stairs. So I went down the steps, and as I was doing that, a, a, a Universal cast member was coming back in through the exit area, and he saw me. and He said, do I need to walk you out? I was like, yeah, I was going to try to get on, but I couldn't. I'm just going to walk out. He said, and he said, uh, I said, I'm going back home. I got to catch my flight here in a little while. 
He said, well, you can't leave without riding Hagrid. Of course, he didn't know it or I already rode a couple of times. But uh, he, so he walked me back to the front of the line and, and put me on oh, to wow. Hagrid. And uh, so that was a little like, I don't know if it's, it's sacrilegious to say universal magic or something. Universal but, magic, but that's that, right. But, but, that, but that was awesome. And so uh, I did that, and I hadn't got a butterbeer. I got a butterbeer after that, and and uh, pretty much was on my way out and headed out to the airport. But uh, I wrapped up my trip, so that was a good, great way to, to end it up. Well, that's awesome. That's a that's a great, as you said, perfect ending to a very full and exciting trip. Yeah, I've not I've not heard a lot of great things about the cast members at Universal, but that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some good ones there. There's some good ones there for sure. So I think the uh, the the best the best thing about being on a solo trip was that I could do whatever I wanted, right? And I could I could I could just keep going. And if you've got yeah. the energy to do that, that's great. But you can also push yourself into oblivion, which I came close to doing a couple of times, particularly when I was at Hollywood Studios, and I and I ended up having I ended up going in into Muppets just to like you know find a place to relax in the air conditioning type of thing. But but yeah, I, I really put in a lot of miles. I think like 45 miles over the course of those four days or something, wow. uh, going that's between the work. different parks because every day I went to, over to Universal in the morning and kind of did some things in both parks and. And just, you know, did some exploring, and it was a lot more like walking around. It, instead of just going ride to ride, I did more of like looking around through some of the shops and some more of the stuff that I wouldn't normally probably do with my family because I hate dragging my kids through gift shops. Mm-hmm. I like to look at all the stuff. But I know I'm not going to buy anything. I know as soon as I drag my kids through, that they're going to want to buy something. So <laughs> sort of sometimes avoid that. Well, Bill, we appreciate you sharing your your insights over these last couple of episodes, and uh, I know our listeners, especially those interested in visiting Universal, have have certainly. Uh, gained a lot of information in that regard. And so with that, we'll go to a segment that we like to call Grim. Grinning. Grinning. Greatness. Kept it very timid that time. <laughs> I guess it's not just we like to call it. I, kinda, I guess at this point we have to call it that, right? <laughs> uh, well, Bill, do you have another question for us? You asked, you asked a great one this past Thursday. Do you have another Grim Grinning Greatness question? Yeah. What uh, Have you guys seen the epic totally woke universe park or whatever they're calling it over that the universal announced a couple of weeks ago. Did y'all see that? Uh, j- just some very vague information on it. Not a lot of details. I don't, I don't know. They have released a lot. Uh, I guess my question would be, um, with that third park going in and, uh, uh, not to stray off from Disney too much, too much on the podcast, but, uh, what, what would you guys like to see? What would, you, what would draw you over there? If, if nothing's drawn you to Universal yet, none of the properties hmm. like Harry Potter or, or uh, Transformers or Spider-Man or anything like that, what would draw you into that the epic epic Universal Bro Park or whatever they're calling it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, uh, that name would draw me in. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your answer? You get to start it off, Bill. Uh, well, I guess I'll go with the softball. The, uh, they're, they're, you know, Universal has gotten um, the some of the Nintendo IPs. Yeah. And they're they're supposedly going to put in a Mario Kart ride. And if if there was, if I could add to the the you know the two things I already talked about, Ghostbusters and Star Wars. If I could name a third thing from my childhood that uh, you know just made my childhood life, it would probably be. Uh, Nintendo, and specifically, I love, I just love Mario Kart growing up and still play it with my kids and stuff all the time. And uh, so they're supposedly putting in a, you know, going to put in some kind of Mario Kart based ride or simulator. 
and that right there alone would probably get me into that park. Wow. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, for me, I, I, I like all the, uh, the superhero stuff. I mean, I like the, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Spider-Man, the, the Hulk, those things. I think, um, it's not they already have rides for. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying I'm, those <laughs> things, something new, like a, a Thanos something or a, or a, um, It's got to be something they already have. I, I think it'd be cool. Oh, I thought it has to be something new. Well, no, I mean, something new. Something new they're going to build. you're talking Marvel. They can only use Marvel things they already have. I know. Because I was going right. to say Fat Thor if there was something. <laughs> there was something. Like a fat, a fat, a fat Thor restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be what draw me in. Can I use that? Sure. Okay, why not? Good, good, good. Absolutely. Why not? All you can eat buffet for Fat Thor. I mean, I could. There's so many <laughs> ways. He's great with Fat Thor. <laughs> but it's got to be better than the marvel restaurant he went to yeah anything anything could be better than that marvel hamburger (laughs) yeah fat thor was not there no he he would not have liked it he would have smashed he would have smashed that place for sure matthew Derek, go ahead Derek. well i'm i'm kind of like bill in that the the video game part of it really if if they called it a nintendo park i think i'd be more inclined to go to it versus this epic whatever but I, I just I remember a classic NES and if they if they threw in a bunch of classic NES stuff I would probably want to go see that classic Mario Duck Hunter you know anything like that I would Duck Hunter yeah I'd I'd enjoy something with that in it and and Rachel's wanting to go to Universal on one of our childless trips so we need to get over there sometime soon anyway I don't really, this is something I haven't given a lot of thought to. I know we'll eventually get over to Universal, but uh, I, I like a lot of the stuff they're doing with Jurassic World. I mean, I, I've always been a Jurassic Park fan, and so I know they're continuing to expand on that. And so maybe if they continue to, to add to that, maybe that'll be the thing that finally gets me over there. But who knows? Uh, it's hard to say. I'm I, thinking about throwback to childhood, I'm Masters of the Universe, some He Man. Is that a universal property? I don't know. Oh, man. Masters of the Universe, Derek. With Dolph Lundgren? Yes. Get a little Dolph Lundgren, a little Skeletor. Uh, I can see myself enjoying a good He-Man attraction. She-Ra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. But uh, that's yeah. a great question. Bill needs to start get, doing all of our questions for us from now on. I think good. I'm tapped out at this point. I'd love you to come up with, it, with, with the two ideas. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Bill, again, we thank you for joining us. Anything else you want to say before we head out? No, it's been great. Uh, enjoy your show and just look forward to uh, listening to more episodes. We appreciate your support of the show. And Thanks people, for listening. People can find you at Hatbox Haint yeah, on hat, Twitter. Hatbox Haint with the H, yeah. H-A-I-N-T, Haint. And he'll be the one saying Roll Tide. That's right. Well, right thank you tide. again, Bill. And <laughs> listeners, we thank you for joining us. Come back next Monday for another episode of Grim Grinning Guys. And as you leave, be sure to beware the hitchhiking ghosts and hurry back. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in 